Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So last week I jumped into a message called Right on the Money. It's more than a dollar. If you remember on the 12th, I gave a lot of numbers in the state of the church about kind of where we were in 19, all that God did, money and all kind of stuff. Um, last week, I kind of jumped into this, gave you a little bit more detail about uh, missions and outreach and just camps and retreats and all the stuff that it takes uh, to make this place happen and, and, and do all that we do. Uh, so today, right on the money, part two, this will end all this stuff. This is the last in this little short series. It's more than a dollar. I want to call you to a text. Uh, Malachi, go to Malachi chapter three. If you need some help with Malachi, I'll give you a really easy, easy hint here. It's the last book in the Old Testament. If you struggle after that, I can't help you, okay? It's the last book in the Old Testament. So go to Malachi. I want to read the text, and then we'll jump into uh, all that God wants to unpack for us today. Uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how do we return? Verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because of you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing that you will not have room for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and vines in the fields will not cast their fruits, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed and yours will be delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. That is... A very powerful text. There is a vein in every man that comes into a church when you read this text. Money is a subject that people kind of get reared up about, okay? But I want you to know something. This text, these promises, this is a principle that has to be taught. Has to be taught. Has to be taught. There is not a pastor one that if he doesn't teach this principle to the church, it's not worth his title. You've got to preach it. You've got to preach it. So I want to look at it today. You hear three church words. If you've been in church very long, you've heard these three words, and they're kind of used together a lot, but they're different. Offering, giving, and tithe. You hear them all. Do they mean the same thing? No, they do not. 
Offering, giving, and tithe have different meaning. Okay? As I said earlier, the tithe, the tithe is a biblical principle that must be taught. It must be taught. I want you to look back at the text again. Look at Malachi 3.6. We're just going to walk our way through this. Malachi 3.6. I love the way this text begins. I love what he says at the beginning and how he follows it up. Right at the beginning in Malachi 3.6, the Lord, prompt, the Lord says this. I, the Lord, do not change. I want you to hear that. It's one thing to say, my God never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's not hard to say. But it is hard to walk in. It's difficult sometimes to believe when it's tough. But I want you to know something. Our God, the one true God, he does not change. He does not change. And he wants his people, he wants his church to know right off the bat, what you're about to read is a principle that you've got to get. But I'll need you to put it under the heading of the fact that I do not change. Because there's a group of people that think this Bible needs to be rewritten because they've been hatched. Won't do that. What they have to do who've just come out of the little egg, they have to get their egghead under this Bible. Not rewrite the Bible for what you think is right and how you feel. That'll get you in trouble, my friend. And we as a nation, we as a people, and we as a church must understand that he does not change. If he doesn't, there's only one left that does. Us. Us. And until a man changes and gets under this principle, he will struggle. That's just the truth. I, the Lord, do not change. Let that just echo in your mind as we read this whole thing. Look at Malachi 3.7. But you ask, how do we return? They've gone away. So you've got to come back to me. How do we return? How do we return? Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob God? If I went over behind me into children's church and I asked these questions the first through fourth graders, is it right to rob God? They would look at me like their pastor has lost it. Children know it is wrong to rob and take something that's not theirs. Children know that you don't rob God. That's a, hard even, that's a hard question to even say. No one would rob God. Yet, he says, you rob me. And then, a, a very beautiful question. But, but you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. Now, I don't want you to stiff arm this text. I want you to keep an open mind and heart to it. And remember how we started. My God says that he does not change. He does not change. But you ask, how did we rob you, Lord? And the Lord says, in tithes and offerings. I want you to know this. The tithe is not your money. The tithe is not my money. Don't spend it on something else. And don't give it where you want to. Okay? 
Now, I mentioned earlier that three words, offering, giving, and tithe. Let me give you a simple way to understand this before we go much further. The tithe is a tenth or 10%. We talked about percentage last week. Why did God do a percentage and not a number? Because everyone can do a percentage. Amen? That's why. Because if he gave a number, I guarantee you people would go, well, I, I, I don't make that much. I'm off the hook. I don't have to tithe. All right? But he gave a percentage so everyone could do it. A tithe is a tenth. It's the first tenth. It's the first fruits. Okay? That's why he says don't spend it on anything else. It's a tenth. Okay? If you're not able and you're not yet doing 10%, then you are not a tither. You are a giver, okay? You're giving, okay? Now, the offering is anything over the tithe. Does that make sense? So, so after, say you give 10%, and we put before you a need, and you take extra over and above the tithe. You don't take your tithe and give it to that, but you take over your tithe and you give to that. That's an offering. That's an offering. I know people that call an offering a tithe. Mm-mm. There's a tithe. If you're not yet tithing, you're giving. Your desire is a giver at 3%, 4%, 5%, 6%, 7 9 whatever. Your desire is to move every year closer to 10 to watch God do what only he can do to your amazement. Okay? You get to a tenth. You now become a tither. Before you're a tither, you're a giver, okay? Anything more than the tithe is an offering, okay? But you don't take your tithe and give it somewhere else, okay? We'll talk about that in just a little bit, okay? So a tithe is not your money. First principle you got to understand, all right? Look at Malachi 3.9. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because we don't like this word, okay? You are under a curse. Uh, You say, well, God is love. God is love. I know he's love. But look up at 6 where we started. I, the Lord, do not change. Okay, you got to read that. People say, "Well, well, if God loves us, why does he send people to hell? God doesn't send people to hell. People send people to hell. If you in this country or really around the world today have not realized that Jesus Christ bore your sins on a cross and there's one way to heaven and that's through Christ Jesus, you got to be under a rock. Everywhere, man, you know that Jesus is the son of God. If you believe in him, you shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus doesn't make hell for people, okay? Jesus loves us. And the reason his love is so great for us is he puts principles in place. And if we don't get up under these principles, then what? We're cursed. We're subject to his judgment. Not the judgment of others, but his judgment, okay? We chose that. He did not, okay? But right in the middle of this text, he writes these words, and I think they're placed there for a reason. Okay, right in the middle, he says, you're under a curse. Okay, let's get off of that. Malachi 3.10, look at Malachi 3.10. He says, bring the whole tithe, the whole tithe 
into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Bring the whole tithe into my storehouse that there may be food in my house. You might ask, where is the storehouse? It's a good question, okay? The storehouse is where you're sitting. Anybody have trouble with that question? If you don't know where you're at, you're in trouble. This is the storehouse. This is the storehouse. This is where the tithe is brought. I have met people, have had wonderful bacon and eggs across the table from somebody that says, Preacher, I don't like the way things are going at that church. I'm going to send my tithe to another place. I saw this preacher online. He preached a good gospel. I'm going to send my, my tithe to his, his, his church. I'm going, you don't want to do that. You really don't want to do that. If you're a member of this body, and this is your church home, and this is the house where you worship in, this is the storehouse, then your tithe needs to come to the storehouse. And you and whomever you have trouble with, ought with, the Bible says you better get it together and get it right and make it right before you ever give my gift. This protest tithe doesn't work. You bring the storehouse, you tithe. Where's the storehouse? It's right where we are. I wrote this down. It's a shame if the storehouse can't feed because there is no seed. You see, your tithe is a seed. People come here every week, during the week and every Sunday, and they come to eat. We do outreach. We do camps. We do retreats. And God takes the seeds of the offerings and tithes that we give, and he is able to do church. We're able to do all that we do. We plant seeds because we have seeds. We plant seeds because we have seeds. And those seeds go out. They're going out right now. And they go out and they find soil. And as you come every week, God works on your soil. And he works on your soil. And he drops more seed. And he works on your soil. And he drops more seed. And then the Holy Spirit falls like rain from heaven and waters that ground. And all of a sudden, all that seed that the church planted, all the seed that God put in your ground starts to sprout and grow. And people around you go, dude, what's up with you? You look different. You used to be a yellow tree. Now you're a green tree. You look like a tree. You did look like a flower. You look sick. Now you look healthy. What's going on with you? I went to church, man. My family's in church. I'm going to church. My wife, myself, and my kids. Woo, where's that church at? I need to go with you. Because I'm hungry and I need some seeds. You come. You come. We throw seeds. Every Sunday seeds, man. Every Sunday seeds. See, many of you during the week, you're dropping seeds at work. Coworkers, friends. Meet them at a coffee shop. Meet them in work. God sets them up. They're right in front of you. Bam, you plant a seed. What do you want? You want them to find a place to go and let the Holy Spirit rain from heaven and make that seed grow. It is a shame when the church has no seed Because the church did not give seed. When you give seed, we have seed to give. So I got three points I need to run through, and I'm going to run through them like a laser. So you've got to really listen quick, okay? Number one, giving matters to God because he's the ultimate giver. Giving matters to God because he's the ultimate giver. 
We know that in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. I've said before, you're never more like Jesus than when you give, my friend. So you're never more not like Jesus when you're stingy, selfish, and you don't give. There is a, I'm going to be quick with this, there is a mindset out there of this unlimited grace where I'm under grace and I don't have to give because giving is an Old Testament principle. Woo! If you want to work off half a Bible, you work off half a Bible. But I'm going to work off the whole inspired Word of God. And giving is a biblical principle, not a half a Bible principle. It's for the New Testament believer in the New Testament church. And my friend, if you are under the grace that you say you're under, that ought to motivate more giving than we can ever stand. Because if you realize you've been given as much as he gave for you and he gave it freely and he didn't have to give it, that salvation that you got because he laid his life down for you ought to stimulate more giving than you could ever think. It ought to shift your gear to zero to 60 in 0.4 seconds, my friend. If you've been given much, much is required, baby. Number two, our giving habits reveal our heart for God. In Matthew 6, 19 to 21, Jesus is given a parable there. He's talking, and he says, treasures on earth versus treasures in heaven. He's making a comparison. And in verse 21, he says these words. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. My friend, giving is not a matter of funds. It's a matter of heart. You need to hear that. Giving is not a matter of funds. It's a matter of heart. The little lady gave two tiny pennies. And Jesus stopped everything and said she gave everything. Everything. That's why I said, don't get caught up in 10% stuff. If you're young and you've not even developed the habit or the discipline of giving, please start doing that. You can't afford not to. Okay? You start where you can start. If you're swamped with college debt and school loans and all that junk and you're barely making it, both incomes, Don't start where you can't start, but start. And if it's 1%, don't be embarrassed by 1%. Start at 1. If it's 3, start at 3. And if it's 7, start at 7. But every single year, you consistently give that amount. Every time, whether it's monthly or biweekly or weekly, doesn't matter. You just give. You continue to give. And every year, you watch God do what only he can do. And every year, the calendar turns to a new year. You up your four to five or your five to six or your six to seven because he will honor that. He will make school debt go away like nobody's business. And he will stretch a dollar like nobody can. And I promise you, you, your marriage, your family, your home, and everything will be sweeter if you will get on board and get under what God has commanded his church to do. So don't be legalistic in a number. Develop a habit of giving and watch your God increase. Your your bottom line, your giving, he'll increase it all. But what he's going to increase more is your trust and faith in him will grow to, I mean, it'll be huge. So start giving, okay? 
Giving's not a matter of funds, as I said. It's a matter of the heart. When God has your heart, God's got your checkbook. Never met a man that God didn't have his heart, that God didn't have his checkbook. Better met a whole lot of people that God didn't have their heart, and God didn't have their checkbook either. Number three, God will not share his throne. God will not share his throne. Matthew 6, 24, we read it last week. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. Mm. You cannot serve both God and money. You just can't. I, I love you too much to tell you, you you probably could, but you can't. I've not met one that can, and I can't. Nobody can. Malachi 3, 10a, we read it a little bit earlier. Bring the whole tithe, the whole tithe, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And then I didn't read this earlier, but I want you to catch it. Test me in this says the Lord Almighty. It's the only place in Scripture he gives you permission to test him. So have at it. He says, you just do it and watch me do it more. You just do it and watch me do it. God said, test me in this. Then my friend, take him up on it. Take him up on it. If you bad, say you bad. <laughs> Amen? Don't talk smack. Step up, swing the stick. Test. God said bring it. Then bring it. Test him. I promise you, he doesn't fail test. He doesn't break promises. And as we read in the first part of this, I, the Lord, do not change. Come on. I, the Lord, do not change. You say, well, I'm going to get him on this one, preacher. I'm going to do it for a year, and I bet you he changes. All right? Let's book a breakfast in a year from now. Watch him do it. I promise you, the greatest thing you can do as a family, as a couple, as an individual, is begin the habit of giving and test God on that tithe and see if he doesn't come through. He'll come through. Matthew 6, 15, conversation between Jesus and Peter. He says this, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? What about you? Who do you say I am? You know the only way to answer that question? It's not there. right there your steps answer that not your mouth lip service doesn't answer that question it didn't then and it doesn't now Jesus said who do you say I am your obedience will tell me who you say I am what you do next tells me what you really believe about me 
I know you make good church music and good church sentences and you use good church words, but God is not impressed with religious words. Ask the Pharisees. He said, who do you say I am? He said, test me in this. He said, I will not change. Then dad gummit, step out there and say with your feet out of obedience, test God in this and watch him come through for you. He will amaze you. Malachi 3.10, last part of it says this, and this is a promise to each of us. God says, I don't change. He says, test me. And this is what he says he'll do. You, and see, you just see your 2020. You just see. Good vision is 2020. You just see. If I do not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing on you, you will not have room enough for it. That just sounds like something I want to take somebody up on. How many of you walk in pack-a-sacks and tootin' totems all week long to buy gas and get behind people throwing money at the lottery? They're there every week. Every week. Scratching their life away. That didn't sound good, dude. But you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Not that scratching. <laughs> Sorry. That's all they're doing. Man, that's like throwing a feather in the West Texas wind and coming back the next day to get it. It's not going to be there. You never find that feather. Why not throw it in the one who owns it all? Why not take up the king of all kings on this? He says, I'm the Lord Almighty, and I do not change. I don't change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Start giving. Become a tither. And if can be, Give offerings. Why? Because it just feels good to do it. Because it's just good to do it. Because our good, good God gave everything to us. We're rich. We're rich, man. You'll never be more like him than when you give. I'll end with this. Faith honors God. And God honors faith I don't know how else to say it faith honors God and God honors faith when's the last time you stepped out in faith when's the last time church I know it's a heavy principle but I love you too much not to teach it We are a blessed church, a very giving church. But my desire as a senior pastor is to see every single year the 388 giving families or giving units in 19 grow every year. Because we cannot afford not to get this principle. And when you get this principle, it will rock your world forever. It will. It'll change you, man. It not only changes you and me, but it changes the church. It's a sad day when the storehouse has no seed for those looking for seed, man. 
Let it not be so. Amen. Let it not be so. Join the team. Start being a giver. Grow to be a tither. And when God impresses on your heart to give an offering above and beyond the tithe, go bless the socks off somebody, man. And drive away giggling because it's fun. All right. I'm going to ask you to stand, church. As the worship team comes up, if you're on the altar ministry team, you're welcome to come at this time. Church, we're going to, I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship. You know how we end. And I know the heading of money is heavy, but I don't want you to see it as money. I want you to see it as a biblical principle that you've got to get. It's just a biblical principle that you've got to get up under. Let God speak to you about this. Okay? Just let him speak to your heart. Let him speak to your heart about being a giver or being a tither. It's a biblical principle that you can't do without. Many of you are already doing it, but let it grow every year. And if you're not doing it and you're scared, I was scared. Man, I was. Many times it didn't make sense on paper. But Melissa and I did it. We did it. We did it. And we still do it today. Your pastor is a tither. Okay? My brother thinks I pay my own salary. He doesn't get it. Okay? you got to be a giver. Amen? So let God speak into your heart. Don't stiff arm it. Money talk, money talk, money talk. Don't do that. Let God speak to you. And as we worship, you let him say what he wants to say to you. Say yes to him. Father, we love you. God, you're good. You're good. You're not only good because we say that. You're good because you're just good. Bottom line is we need to say that. God, you've been faithful. More than faithful. You never change and we know it. God, I pray you stir our heart today by the Holy Spirit of God. May the Holy Spirit of God only teach today. May you cement home what you have said today. And may man receive it, pour concrete around it, and never be the same from this day forward. God, we love you. We get up under you today. And we love you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.